1: up everybody welcome to the roto grinders mlb morning grind i'm justin carlucci back again filling in for stevie and today i'm joined by keith eister what's up eyes how are you not much man uh we just got news that the this
2: cubs brewers game got postponed from uh yesterday's slate so hope you didn't play a lot of brewers or cubs um now we got a double header that, that's going to change up this slate a little bit but we got a, a massive slate here to get into so
1: Ready to to get at it. For sure. Went from a four and five gamer on yesterday's morning grind with Blender to a 15 uh, gamer and and possibly, possibly some Freddie Peralta sprinkled in now into the mix, which we'll have to talk some hypotheticals when we get there. But, you know, when we find out who's going to pitch tomorrow uh, for whoever's on this main slate for the Cubs and Brewers, that could totally... Uh, turn this thing sideways so uh, we'll definitely get there and um, I guess maybe the other on first look you know the common theme is man there's some overpriced pitchers when you first opened up the laptop to look at this slate was that kind of one of your first thoughts Keith? That was exactly what I noticed
2: especially like once you get past the aces obviously Scherzer 11k no problem there but then you get into that 9k range and there are some names there that you do not expect to see be priced in the 9k range so Definitely some overpriced pitching. I think I'll probably just be avoiding most of those guys, paying up for the aces, and then uh, spreading out down the board
1: much further than that 9K range. It's kind of an ugly range. just funny because usually you see guys that don't belong a tier above what they usually are on on terrible small slates, right, because they have to price them there. So I don't know why there are some guys priced where they are on a 15-gamer, but uh, – you know, we'll, we'll, we'll tackle that when we get there, check out prize picks, prizepicks.com, folks, great stuff. They're kind of changing some of the landscape there of, uh, you know, betting and fantasy DFS kind of combined in one um, really cool angle to the DFS community. Uh, the chief will Priester, does some prize pick stuff and he's been on a heater lately. So definitely get on over there. Check out prize while we're talking some MLB with you on this Tuesday morning. And I guess we could just jump right into it, man. I mean, let's start off the rip here with an NL Central. St. Louis and Pittsburgh, 705, kicking off the slate. All right. Some pretty pretty bad pitching in this one. Not a great ballpark, though. I guess do you have interest in any arm uh, in this one, Keith? Uh, I mean, the price is okay on both of them, but they're. I'm just not
2: sure there's any upside here. Uh, Hap is... I mean, obviously, with the easier matchup against Pittsburgh's terrible lineup, but he only strikes out guys at like a 17% rate. Um, 5,900 is a fair price, but on such a big slate, I think that you're going to need a bigger score than he's able to post here. So uh, I think I'm out on both of these guys.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That's fair. You know, Brault on the other side, you know, finally got some action uh, a couple days ago. You know, historically, yeah, just an average to below average pitcher you know X fifth and stuff all that stuff isn't very good uh, I don't mind kind of singling out a power bat one-off kind of on each side here um, maybe like a little secondary stack you know Jay Happ is accustomed to his blow-ups every now and then and uh, you know righties have some pop against him um, you know obviously this the Pittsburgh lineup isn't isn't a ton to uh, to, re- to write home about. But I do like some of these younger guys they have. I do kind of like Rodolfo Castro a little bit. You know, he's super cheap if you're looking for some value here. But, you know, the park's not great, and, you know, we kind of just trash both pitchers. But uh, on a big slate, like, I'm not really looking to full stack any of these guys, and you're not really going to – either of these teams, and you're not really going to pick up any leverage by doing so here.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you on the on the Pittsburgh side. I think uh, Kibrian Hayes and Brian Reynolds are two awesome to pair those two up together or um, as one-offs, like you said. I think that's that's a great spot for them. Um, I have a little more interest in St. Louis than you do. Uh, their pricing on DraftKings is just super super cheap. Arenado and Goldschmidt are priced up, um, but I mean I'm looking at like Tyler O'Neill at 3500, Tommy Edmond at 3200, Dylan Carlson 3100. Harrison Bader's been hitting really well. He's just twenty seven hundred. So uh, Brawl coming back from the IL. He hasn't pitched a bunch this year. I don't think he'll go deep. And Pittsburgh bullpen is not very good. So I actually have quite a bit of interest in St. Louis. Uh, I think they're one of my favorite stacks on the slate. Actually, uh,
1: even I, definitely a, doubt, a ballpark downgrade, but uh, I think it's a really good spot for him. In terms of ownership, you know, we're just guessing here, but they're probably not going to carry a ton. I mean, you know, the the price is very good. Um, especially on FanDuel without looking blindly because you can just play whoever you want on FanDuel. So um, I think they're, they're interesting on FanDuel, right? Because when you can play whoever you want, you're probably not going to look at uh, St. Louis right off the rip. So uh, I do like that call. Good stuff. Um, anything else here? we should move on to uh, the next game? Um, no, Let's move on to the next one. Cool. All right. So we can talk some pitching in this one for sure. Uh, L.A. and Philly. Yeah. Right. So uh, weird year for Aaron Nola. You know, I uh, drafted him in uh, my high stakes auction league, my Atlantic City league. Keith, I don't know where you are in the country, but if you're looking for a cool league in Atlantic City, 21 team auction league. And uh, Nolan's one of my aces. And the stuff's there. He's getting the K's, but he just isn't as dominant uh, as we've uh, been accustomed to seeing in the past couple of years. Um, and he is one of the most expensive arms on this slate at, what's us see, 10.5. And uh, yeah, you got. Max Scherzer, still not used to seeing that LAD next to his name. Um, At Citizens Bank Park, maybe the hottest team in baseball. So walk me through both of these arms in this matchup. Two studs going against each other at 7 o'clock.
2: Yeah, this should be a a really fun pitching matchup to watch. Um, I'm having problems with NOLA. Big price tag. Obviously, the Dodgers are, are a really tough matchup. I know they're a bit banged up right now, but there's still all kinds of power and patience in that lineup just not an easy, easy spot to navigate. So um, he's been inconsistent this year. He's probably going to come with low ownership and sure. There's a, there's a world where he could come out and strike out 10 Dodgers and, and really just have a good start. But I don't think that I'm going to get there Um, at 5, facing one of the best offenses in baseball. It'd be a sprinkle for me if I'm going to do it, but I think I'm passing mostly on Nola uh scherzer on the other side i think he's the best best pitcher on the slate um tough matchup tough tough ballpark uh but i mean this is one of the most talented pitchers in baseball uh 11k is a big price tag as well so there's certainly some risk here um i i mean with a big slate there's going to be plenty of value bats that we can find to to play him comfortably and uh he's always got upside so i'm definitely interested in scherzer here
1: I know Sunday is a typical off day for a lot of veterans and stuff like that, but I, I don't know who are we going to see the usual suspects in this Phillies lineup. Hoskins uh, sat Sunday, but it was the third straight game. He missed um, Herrera was a late scratch on Sunday. Uh, DD missed uh, was a second game in a row, I think on Sunday. So like if any of these guys miss, uh, on top of, you know, Max Scherzer being Max Scherzer, it's another plus to uh, want to pitch. Max against the Phillies, but, uh, you know, big game against the Dodgers. I, you know, if, if they can go, they're going to go, but I wouldn't be shocked if, if Reese or, or Didi or Herrera, if one of them miss on Tuesday, so something to keep an eye on there.
2: Yeah. Good, good point. Obviously sure. They're coming over from Washington, very familiar with the Phillies and the, the NL East too. So it's not like um, this is a, a foreign matchup to him. He, sh- he should be ready to go here.
1: So I, I know I, I'm, I'm assuming like, the Philly bats might not be where you want to go for leverage, but I, I get it. So in terms of bats in this game, you know, are there, is there anybody on Philly you're interested in? And, you know, Nola's had his inconsistencies. Are you singling anybody out on that L.A. side? Uh,
2: for the Phillies, I, I don't mind looking at a home run. I probably won't even do it like a three-man just because are so good, t- huge strikeouts, great control. Um, but he is a fly ball pitcher. In this ballpark, he absolutely can give up a home run or two uh Bryce Bryce Harper is the first one that comes to mind obviously um I think if you want to try to get a home run out of catcher you could play real Muto but uh definitely not looking to stack the Phillies uh but I don't mind chasing a home run if you want to do that uh on the Dodgers side here uh yeah I I don't think I'm really chasing Nola with the full slate there's a lot of better spots to target here if Nola was going to grab some ownership maybe you'd look yeah, it is like a leverage spot, but I don't. I don't think Noah is going to be terribly high owned on this slate, and probably just a game I'm looking to mostly avoid bets and altogether.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, I'm probably going to be in the same boat as the you, Dodgers but- are really priced up too, obviously, so that makes okay. it even more difficult. Yeah, definitely. No, I I totally get it. Uh, let's move on. Baltimore, Detroit, <laughs> Keegan Aiken going for the O's. It looks like, and we're going to see some Casey Mize at Camden and. I always, I always sprinkle some exposure in whoever's at Camden, right? And usually one of the pitchers aren't very good because we're talking Baltimore, no matter who it is here. So, um, you know, I'm assuming you have no interest in Keegan Aiken, but, you know, Casey Mize, cheap. You're going to uh, – I'm just a spitball in here, right? You're going to have to look for SP2 somewhere. Is it going to be Casey Mize? He's looked a lot better. I mean, he talked about a young staff as a whole. I know we're going on a tangent here, but the Tiger staff's going to be good eventually with Matt Manning, Casey Mize. Is this? A, I mean, 7,300, that, that's fair. But personally, I think Baltimore is a little bit better offensively than maybe the public perceives. I don't know. I got to think about Casey Mize, but what, what are your thoughts on the arms in this game here?
2: Yeah, Aiken is cheap down there at 5,100, and Detroit is not a great offense. Um, they have hit lefties a little bit better, but they still strike out a ton. I don't hate the price on Aiken. If, if you're dumpster diving and need a super cheap arm, I, I think he's one of your options. Um not not somebody I'm outright like looking to play in like if I was only running three lines or something no chance I'm doing it. But if you're if you're mass entering, I could see an argument for him being in play. Uh and with mys I like the price tag, obviously a good matchup against Baltimore. I agree with you, Baltimore's a little bit better on offense than they get credit for. Mullins has had a great year, Mancini's a big bat. Um 7,300 is a fair price for Mize if I knew I was going to get a full like 90 to hundred pitches out of him, but he's a guy that the Tigers have limited a little bit this year at times. So there, there's added risk in there that he just gets pulled after the fourth inning, even if he's sitting at 70, 75 pitches. Um, so yeah, I definitely going to be scouring the newswire leading up to lock and seeing if we can get anything on what their plans are with him. There hasn't been a ton of information available this year or lately on what the, what their intentions are with him. So risky spot. I like the matchup. If, if you want to do it, the price tag is fine. Um, but definitely
1: would like to have a little bit more information before we go that route. There are three games right now with what I'm looking at in my app with 10 and a half totals. And this is one of them. Um, just throwing that out there. So um, I, I don't mind, you know, I know you mentioned Aiken super cheap. I mean, you know, depending on what you're playing, if he gets through five innings kind of thing at that price, you know, he's he's fine <laughs> if you get the bats you want. Uh, on the flip side, I do have some interest in some Detroit bats. Again, not a spot where, you know, you're going to pick up super leverage because I don't think Akin's is going to carry um, a ton of ownership. But, you know, some of these Detroit bats are, are still fairly priced. However, you know, you have a couple of them three months ago for like, yeah, Jonathan Scope would be pushing 5K. And, uh, you know, what a season by Eric Haas, 5,400. is just really, <laughs> And Badu 4,200. So some of these guys, like, Okay, DK is catching up. The Algos are catching up. It's a pretty high total in Camden. So they're a little harder uh, to roster, I think. Um, But, you know, Miguel Caprera, you know, consider, you know, you got some guys like that floating around. So at those price points, though, like Scope, Haas, you know, Badoo, are they tough to do?
2: (laughs) It is is tough to do. Um, When I was first looking at pitching matchups, I thought Detroit was definitely going to be like a sneaky stack that was absolutely going to be in play but yeah, I mean, you nailed it. The, the price tags are tough. Like it, it's Eric Haas at 5,400. I want to play him, but I don't want to pay 5,400 for him. So that's <laughs> tough. I, I think the price on scope is completely fair. I like him as a one-off. I don't think I can stack Detroit here though. At this, at these price tags.
1: Jonathan scope revenge game. Don't at me, you know, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like it. I think there's some one-offs you could play here. I don't love paying up for catcher. It's Just not my, it's not my style, but uh, Haas is one guy in the right matchup in the right park. I would consider having some exposure, flipping the lineup build a little bit there. So I don't totally hate it. But, yeah, tough to stack at those prices. Probably not going to stack either of those teams despite despite the high total, you know, as, as of right now.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think I'd rather have the Baltimore side if I was looking to stack. Um, they still have some cheap pieces. Uh, Mullins' price is really getting up there. But outside of that, um, I mean, Austin Hayes is still under 3 k Santander's under 3 k uh, and they added Jorge, Jorge Mateo, who has a ton of speed, Concealing a couple bases. I mean, all
1: those guys are under 3K, so you can definitely make the Baltimore staff work if you're looking to do it. They've just been such a such good source of value all season on DK, right? They just, Santander, every, I mean, just the algos, they just won't price them up. And they produce more often than they don't. Like, you know, playing in such a, a nice park for hitters, I, I'm i surprised, like, eventually they're going to get the Tigers treatment here, I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> eventually. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Next on the docket, we have Washington and the New York Mets. Uh, Carlos Carrasco, good to see him pitching again, you know. um, Not really stretched out yet. Saw 58 pitches in his first game back, 62 against Miami. Uh, Pitched all right, you know. Um, Didn't go more than four and a third in either start, though. I'm curious to see when that leash eventually gets taken off but it's probably going to be a while um 8k for Carrasco uh on the flip side you got Paulo Espino got drilled his last game against the Red Hot Phillies um other than that I mean he's been serviceable he's a guy who's not gonna go more than five innings uh 5,700 though he is dirt cheap so you know, he's a guy I totally understand. If you want to punt, if you're feeling decent about, if the Mets are rolling out a, a dog shit lineup, that uh, then I totally get it. Eight um, K for Carrasco with limited pitch count, though. For me, uh, just just no interest unless we get word that the leash is off, and I don't think that's going to happen. So, uh, what do you got? What are your thoughts here on the arms in the Mets Nationals game?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's the pitch count for Carrasco. Um, Fifty eight pitches in his first start back against Cincinnati. I played quite a bit of him in his second start. Uh, with the great matchup against Miami expecting that pitch count to kind of climb into the 75, 80 range in his second start. And it, it just didn't. So that makes it really tough to go back to him here. If he's only going to get 60 pitches, I, I don't know that uh, he, you can play him here even against a terrible Washington lineup and Soto missed some time over the weekend. So if Soto is out of the lineup again, I mean, If we knew we were getting 80 pitches, I think Carrasco would absolutely be in play, even at 8K, uh, and even not with a full allotment of pitches. But at at 60 pitches, that's a much tougher ask, and I don't think he can pay off 8K on a full slate uh, with only 60 pitches. So, again, you'd like to have a little bit more information in here before you click that button. Um, If it comes out that he's good to go for 80-85, then I'd I'd be willing to play some Carrasco for sure. Espino on the other side, just there's not enough upside here. He's not a big K guy. He's had some okay starts, but I don't think we need to go here on, on a full slate.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, and uh, I'm just backtracking. A lot of the price points on FanDuel for these pitchers are fairly similar to kind of what we we're discussing on DK. So we're not a lot of things we said about these DK prices can kind of be in line uh, for FanDuel as well. Uh, for example, Carrasco 7,900 over there on FanDuel. So yeah, uh, you're right. Pitch count, you know, I'm out. Uh, it's like, they're just kind of preparing for the game where he's off the leash and they're just going to make him make K, which is totally understandable, but it's not going to happen yet. So I guess uh, in that sense, I mean, you're going to be digging into the Mets bullpen um, and, you know, it's probably going to be a little bit of a bull, you know, how would a going to give you five innings, kind of the same thing. So there's no Brad hand in that Nats pen anymore. You know, some moving pieces here. You like any bats in this game?
2: I mean, it's not really a game that I love for bats. Uh, Washington is is really cheap outside of Soto, obviously. Uh, but Carrasco's not, I mean, he's had good control throughout his career. Not a guy I have, like, historically stacked against. Um, and we talked about just the Washington trade away, trading away several guys. So it's a really watered-down lineup if you wanted to um, stack up some lefties against him, like Yadiel Hernandez, t- like near the minimum price. Um, Luis Garcia is the other ones. He's 2,800. So, and then Josh Bell at 3,800. I think those three like lefties could make a decent little mini stack, but uh, I'm not looking to full stack Washington here.
1: No, I'm, I'm with you. I, I agree. And on the Met side, you know, well, another team I'm not uh, looking to full stack, although I, you know, uh, Espino's vulnerable. Uh, you can do some damage. I think there's some decent price points on some of these Mets. I mean, uh, first look, Dom Smith, 3,100, Conforto, 2,900. Those were two guys on DK that just caught my eye right off the bat thinking, okay, that's a pretty good price on these guys. You know, if you're looking for a last piece or a secondary stack, like I totally get it. Um, you can probably play Pete Alonso against anybody, you know, other, you know, that isn't Max Scherzer, <laughs> and uh, I, I couldn't fault you for that either. I mean, I think it's a given that Alonso is always in play in and, and whatever you're doing too.
2: Yeah, I, I like that price tag on Alonzo a lot. I mean, 4,200 against a guy that, that's going to give up contact. And, you know, when Alonzo gets a hold of it, it's going to go. So definitely like Alonzo. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's more of a po- look for power spot than it is a, a stack
1: spot. Yeah, agreed. Alonso hasn't homered in six games, which for him since the break is an eternity. So he's yeah. due. <laughs> and, uh, you know. Uh, it's kind of like a, what have you done for your, for us lately environment here in DFS. And uh, it's like, people forgot the toward, uh, you know, the Torrid stretch he was on, you know, right after the break. So uh, there's my home run call. P Alonso's my home run call. We'll just like it. this it. So Alonso's <laughs> going yard and uh, I can't see them being a popular stack. So probably not carry a ton of ownership, I'm guessing. So we'll see. We'll see uh, big AL East game. You know, the AL East is suddenly quite interesting. Yankees. Tightening up. Um, yeah, tighten it up. The Yankees, despite not hitting are finding ways to win, Boston's finding ways to lose. Um, and Nelson Cruz has just injected life in Tampa. So, uh, huge game. You know, Tampa at Boston, another 7-10 game. A lot of good 7 o'clock games, Keith. We are going to see Eduardo Rodriguez, 9,300, and uh, Luis Patino, 8,300. First look, gut feeling here. What are your thoughts on the arms? We
2: talked about uh, pitching being – a little bit overpriced and Rodriguez is probably the one guy in the nine K range that I would look to target. If, if I needed somebody in that range and uh, he just happened to fit my build uh, it's a pretty risky spot against this Tampa Bay lineup who obviously added Nelson Cruz who just mashes left-handed pitching. Um, but Rodriguez has a lot of upside here. Tampa Bay will strike out against lefties at a, at a pretty high clip and um, he, I mean, just this guy has pitched really well this year and has not gotten the results. But he has put up a couple of big scores. I think he's got a a big strikeout rate. Or I, I know he's got a big strikeout rate over like twenty eight percent. I I just I think that he there's a there's room for him to put a, up a big score here. So I'll play a little bit. It's going to be a tournament option, obviously only, but um,
1: high risk spot. But I think there's upside here for Rodriguez. No, I, I, I like that a lot. Um, I, I think you're absolutely right. And uh, I think he's a good tournament move here. I, I think maybe he's just kind of sandwiched between Scherzer and uh, a bunch of other options. So uh, I, I like that move for GPPs and I think you can make him work too. Uh, flip side, you know, Patino, you know, got any interest over there? I mean, this is a guy that wasn't
2: getting deep into games at, in the beginning of the season, but his last four starts, he's been over 90 pitches. Yep. So there's some leash here. <laughs> not Boston is not an offense that I want to target, but another guy that carried a huge K rate through the minors and it's translated to the, to the majors. He's put up some, some high K games, another tournament play at eighty 8, three hundred. I think he can pay off the price. I would play Rodriguez before I played Patino, but if you're looking for like an unowned pitcher that could just go out and rack up a bunch of strikeouts, I don't hate Patino as that guy.
1: I like it. I like it. Kind of that eight K ish range mid tier um i like it i like it a lot uh bats in this game you know i know we talked about rodriguez and um you know the you know the matchup with tampa bay um you like nelson cruz as a one-off i absolutely love nelson cruz as a one-off um
2: the problem with the tampa stack is they're just too left-handed like rodriguez is better against lefties I don't know that we can full stack them here just because like Meadows and Lau play against lefties, but they're not the same hitters. They are on the other side of the platoon. Right. So I, I mean, I love playing those guys against righties, but I don't necessarily want to target them here against Rodriguez. Um, Fenway plays bigger for lefties obviously as well. So that's another reason. Um, but I, Nelson Cruz is a one-off a Wander Franco. If you want to pair those two together, I absolutely love that. Um, Yandy Diaz, if you want to make it a three man, but as far as a full stack, I, I don't have any interest. Uh, Zunino is is a great play, thirty seven hundred on DraftKings. I like that one a lot too.
1: Yeah, like Zunino. Um, in the beginning of the season, I would kind of secondary stack them frequently against lefties with uh, Zunino, uh, Rosarina, um, and uh, who the hell else was it using? I can't remember. But now you can use Nelson Cruz, and it looks like a Rosarina might be back. So just something to keep an eye on. I you know I don't I don't mind one of these righty runoffs that we just talked about. Obviously. Uh, Nelson Cruz is the preference here, but uh, you know, Zanino's cheap hits lefties. So um, if you're not punting catcher and if you don't want to go all the way up to the, you know, air costs of the world. And I think Zanino is, is quite interesting. So I think that's a good call. Uh, Boston bats, you know, I guess my initial reaction is again, I'm not looking to full stack, but I don't mind some of these bats, you know, uh, Renfro has been really good four K Um you know, the, the, the cream of the crop bats here are just uh, priced up, you know, Devers pushing 6K, Xander 55, JD 51. I'm just, I'm assuming when, when, when my lineup constructions come out I'll probably be paying for at least one of the stud pitchers, I, I probably won't have a ton of Boston. Not not because I totally hate them, just with probably where I'm going to go tomorrow, just probably not going to have a done. I
2: agree. I, I don't think I'm getting here either. I, I have respect respect for patina's talent. I think he's a, a great young pitcher and that trade's going to work out really well for Tampa. Um, it looks like after Snell has kind of broken down this year, but um, just a talented pitcher and sure he's a young guy. He could blow up in a tough spot in the spotlight in Boston, but full slate, I'm not looking to do it today.
1: Let's get going here. Oakland in Cleveland. Sean Mania, 10K. Talk about a guy I didn't think would be 10K, you know, five, six months ago. Uh, going up against Christian McKenzie, the king of fly balls himself. So um, talk to me about these pitchers. I, I don't mind Mania. I, I really, I quite honestly, I don't really have any interest whatsoever in McKenzie. I he might be one of my X buttons And, uh, yeah, so I'm probably going to have Manaya. I'm probably not going to have any McKenzie. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think Minaya is certainly in play as a, as a pivot off of Scherzer. Uh, this guy was rolling there for several starts in a row. He did have a rough one his last time out in a tough matchup against San Diego, and it was a, his second start in a row against San Diego. So he, he dominated him the first time, and then he really struggled in his last one. Um, but his strikeout rate is up this year. Uh, it's up at 27% this year, which he hasn't been a huge strikeout guy in his career, but this year uh, he's really showed that upside. Cleveland obviously doesn't have this, the same lineup that they've had over the past couple of years. Um, I mean, Ramirez and Franville probably the only two you're worried about there. Um, Out of Oakland, so a, a little bit of a ballpark downgrade, but it's not like Cleveland is a, a huge hitter's park. So I, I like this spot for Manaya. I think he will be one of my higher own pitchers, depending on how much Scherzer I end up playing. Uh, definitely like Mania. Yeah. And then for McKenzie, it's it's an attractive price tag, but, man, this guy's been all over the place. <laughs> just a huge walk rate, huge fly ball rate. So just too much danger there. Full slate, I don't think we need to. Could, could he burn us and go out there and, and strike out a bunch? Sure. Uh, but, yeah, tough – tough to want to click that button when he can just walk so many and give up homers.
1: Yeah. No, I'm on the same page as you are there. And um, it's Cleveland team, like you said, just uh, not the same lineup and uh, you know, even Reyes awesome hitter, dangerous hitter, but it's risk risk reward. I mean, he's a 32% carry, uh, if I remember correctly. And, you know, Bradley Zimmer is getting ABs now. You know, his K rate's over 30. Owen Miller, you know, we haven't seen a lot, but his K rate's like 35, 40%, something like that. Just not a good hitter. You know, Andres Jimenez wasn't good enough to make break camp and make the team and, you know, finally getting the call because the Indians are going nowhere and uh, he's been terrible. So um, I think it's a really sneaky spot for Manaya. Scherzer has a name recognition, gonna steal all the headlines in a great, you know, early game against the Phillies. So people are, are again the smash button on Scherzer. Um, I'm perfectly fine starting my lineups with Mania. And uh, I think it's really interesting for large field GPPs. Obviously, obviously Scherzer has sick upside, but there's an outcome where Mania outscores them. I mean, it's not my favorite, but it's definitely an outcome. <laughs> yeah. I could
2: see it happening today for sure.
1: I like it. All right. Let's talk bats got it. Obviously I know you want to probably start with Oakland. So uh, talk to me, you know, who are you targeting against McKenzie? I mean, Matt Olson is probably my favorite play on the slate. Um, just
2: coming up, just great, great hitter, tons of power, going to put the ball in the air three or four times today. Great spot for him. Uh, and then, I mean, you can play any of you. Marte has been on an absolute tear, uh, since he came over to Oakland, Both of those guys are priced up, but then the rest of the lineup is perfectly affordable. So it's pretty easy to make the full stack work here. Um, If McKenzie comes out there and can't find the plate and puts a couple guys on, then he starts giving up the homers. I definitely see a a route to Oakland
1: being the top scoring team on the the entire slate. So love Oakland today. You know, this whole year, I like, whenever I read full stack Oakland, it'd be like one or two power guys that hit the homer. And like, I just seemed like I couldn't get that full stack right. But yeah, Marte's really injected life. (laughs) into this team, uh, really sucks about Loreno, and you know obviously we want' to see him, but uh you know, bring to Josh Harrison too, some underrated uh Billy Bean type moves here reminds me of Moneyball I think maybe I'm gonna put that on before bed tonight, so well, let me backtrack quick let me let me backtrack quick. is Matt Olson your home run call? Are we gonna go there? um
2: I don't believe that he's the one that I selected, but i I do love that one um I got another guy written down here. Okay. But yeah, right. no, I, I do love
1: Matt Olson. Well, remind and me.
2: He, he's going to hit one also, by the way. So okay. I'll, I'll go
1: with him too. <laughs> you get two home run calls on the morning grind for my, <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, You know, talk about another revenge game. We'll go an NBA on, you know, real quick. How about some Yon Gomes? I mean, cheap catcher option, McKenzie. I mean, you can make this, you can make an Oakland stack work. You can make a secondary stack work. I, I just think, you know, there's a lot of power upside here. Um, wow. 3,900 for, uh, Mark Kana, man that's uh that's a really nice tag for him against mckenzie so that's that's that per dollar i think he might be my favorite play per dollar but um yeah And, and so so obviously we're speculating here right but what do you like in terms of ownership where where do you think oakland is gonna rank i mean i don't think they're gonna is there a total out on this one yet uh let's see
2: I don't know that I saw that.
1: I don't um, have the, I don't have the team totals in front of me, but uh, it looks like nine, nine total. And, uh, okay. Cle- yeah, Cleveland's plus plus one forty seven. So, uh, yeah, right. on Respectable team total there. Yeah. Near five, but probably not much over.
2: Um, so I don't, I think they're going to be down the board. Um, it's a full slate anyway. So even if they are one of the higher on stack, it's not like they're going to be over 20%. Um, Maybe Olson grabs 20-ish percent, but I think the rest of these guys
1: will be pretty long. I'm a terrible weatherman, like terrible, like predicting. I, I have no idea. Um, but you know, we haven't talked a lot of weather. and I'm just going off my app here. 85 in Sunny in Cleveland, it looks like. I don't know. And just like looking back at some of these other games, um, I don't have the RG weather tab in front of me, but uh, Baltimore, it's supposed to be 92 in Camden, just totally backtracking there to that game. That's interesting. That's going to be a nice spot. Yep. Oh, yeah. De- definitely check out Kevin Roth. Uh, check out his Twitter. He gives a lot of updates. He gave a lot of updates on the Cubs, uh, Brewers from uh, Monday night, which hopefully helped uh, the right people out. And uh, I, it- what I love the most about it is he's totally transparent. If he doesn't know, he doesn't know, but he still kind of gives insight. He shows you the radar. Like the industry would be lost without Kevin Ross. So definitely keep an eye on on the weather edge games where it's going to be hot, where the where the ball's going to be flying, and um, it's very possible that uh, there's some decent hitting weather in Cleveland, uh, which does not help Tristan McKenzie either. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, it's typically pretty hot in Atlanta. Is that the next game we have? It okay, so typically pretty hot there. Um, Weather Edge likes Atlanta quite a bit, rightfully so. Um, and you have two two nice offenses in that game. And I believe you have Drew Smiley pitching. Am I correct on that? <laughs> you are correct. At least that's what I've got listed here. That's okay. always fun, right? Drew Smiley games, it's like a, it's like a box of chocolate forest gumps. You never know <laughs> what you're getting, man. So um, Drew Smiley on one side, and then you have Sonny Gray, who's 10-3 man, that is uh, it's walking right into our theme of overpriced pitching probably, right? <laughs> yep, absolutely. I mean, just a tough spot against Atlanta.
2: Um, a little too inconsistent this year. I am playing, I'm clicking Sean Manaya over Sonny Gray probably every time And on today's slate. Um, I mean, certainly Gray could, could go out there and have a nice game here against Atlanta, um, but I, I just like the spot for Manaya a lot better. So uh, that's where I'm going to, push my ownership today sonny gray is fine if you have conviction that he's going to go out there and have a great
1: start uh, very talented pitcher but uh probably i'll probably skip him today i don't have any conviction that he's gonna go out there and do that um if i put a gun to head gun to head right we'll play the x button game real quick while we're in a little intermission here you x one guy out who are you x now are you x now nola or are you x out sonny gray <laughs> oh
2: that's a good question. Um, Honestly, I don't think I'll have a lot of either of them. Um, That's fair. I, I think I think
1: I think Nola. I w- I would x Nola before Gray. Okay, but you're right. I don't think I'll have you. Like I think, I think Sunny Gray is more like egregiously priced than Nola. I think, but yeah. I don't really want either of them. I I mean, we see Nola have these ridiculous games. Nola has these games when this year when we don't expect him to. That's the right, thing. I'm exactly. <laughs> that's the thing i'm worried about like he's been bad in good matchups and then he'll strike out 12 against like the dodgers i don't like i don't see. I don't think it's gonna happen but like i i think i wouldn't be shocked <laughs> yeah. uh let me tell you i'm up here an hour uh north of philly and the media the kool-aid everybody's drinking the kool-aid the philly fans are coming out of the woodwork finally in philly fashion they're out so we'll see uh, that'll be a fun game anyway anyway uh Okay, Drew Smiley, you know, Cincy stacked lineup. Everybody loves playing the Reds. Who are your favorite Reds bats, if any?
2: Uh, well, you found my home run call. Nick Castellanos is the home run call. Um, just a great spot against Smiley. Castellanos has destroyed lefties in his career. Um, had a couple of games back now after coming off the I.L. So I think this is a, a good spot for him to get rolling here. Um, love Castellanos. Love Tyler Stevenson. He's hit really well against lefties. Jonathan India should grab the leadoff spot. He's priced up a bit. Um, And then, I mean, Kyle Farmer has hit surprisingly well, and he's been like in that six, seven spot in their, their order. I think you can play him against the lefty. I, Votto and Winker are just, they're really high priced. If you want to play them lefty-lefty, I think you're going to get great, a great ownership number on both of those guys and Mustaka's too. All, all three of them are over 5,500 with Votto topping out at 61. So just big price tags on in, in a lefty-lefty matchup. All of them are going to be like 2 3% owned. So if you want to get contrarian, great, great options there. Um, I think the Reds can get to, to
1: Smiley for sure. And Cassianos is probably my favorite play on the slate. I like it. If I said Sunny Graves ninety two hundred on Fanduel, do you have any more or less interest or indifferent in that price tag? I like it
2: better than the DraftKings price tag. Obviously, it makes it more tempting. Um, I still don't love the matchup against Atlanta. Um, I, 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 I'll play more of him on Fanduel
1: for sure. But okay, yeah, no, I'm with you. I, you know, we have a lot of a lot of games to cover here pretty much the takes for me on Cincy, totally get it, you know, play the righties, love the home run call. Um, you know, as for Atlanta, I mean, uh, you know, as much as we're, as much as we're kind of, you know, trashing the sunny gray price tag, like he's a pretty good real life pitcher. It doesn't often get yep. shelled, So I don't, I'm not going to have, like I'm not going out of my way to have Atlanta. I don't even know what one-offs, you know, I would even really, maybe like some Austin Riley sprinkles if I'm, you know, 150 maxing or something like that, you know, or, or some power one-offs. I don't, I don't mind you it. But, you yeah. know, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. If
2: Peterson grabs the lineup, the top spot in the lineup, I like that. He's cheap. He should get four at-bats to, with a chance to hit home run. So yeah, I agree. Just totally
1: looking for power here. Wouldn't stack it. Such a monster slate. We're like halfway through here. And this is where the fun, the fun hypothetical speculation is going to, going to come into play here with, with Chicago and Milwaukee. We really need to see who's going to pitch on this 80, 805 main slate game for DFS purposes. what, what happens if it's Freddie Peralta, what happens?
2: Uh, I think that Freddie Peralta becomes the top play on the slate. Um, this Cubs lineup is just a trash. They traded away their, their three stars and the rest of them strike out at, a, at an extremely high rate. I think the Cubs have the worst record in baseball over like the last two weeks. Um, so if Freddie Peralta ends up pitching in this seven o'clock game, rather than the, the first game of the doubleheader, I don't know if the Brewers are going to let him go deep, but certainly a, a better chance of a complete game with only seven innings. Um, I mean, it, it would be a really tough
1: decision Peralta versus Scherzer. Yeah, that, that's certainly interesting. And um, you know, we'll have to see who the Cubs are, are going to throw out there. Um, the, it, the Cubs
2: actually already announced it will be okay. – um, Steal in the first
1: game at one PM.
2: So Alec Mills will be in the seven o'clock game. Okay, uh, and and he has a fair price tag.
1: Okay, I and mean, he's he's been a decent real life pitcher this year, like much better than anticipated. However, we'll have to see, you know, what the weather is again. We we saw the winds uh, Sunday night baseball. Uh, you know, the the White Sox and Eloy just mashing balls, and uh, you know uh, Zach Davies isn't typically a home run guy, but he was getting absolutely crushed. The winds were blowing; it was hot, so. Um, so like, how do you balance that if, if it's hot and if there's wind, but you have Freddie Peralta against a God awful Cubs lineup, how much would you take weather into consideration if it's Freddie Peralta? I mean, Freddie Peralta has one of the highest strikeout rates in baseball and this Mm -hmm. Cubs strike
2: this Cubs team strikes out at one of the highest rates in baseball. I don't care what the wind's doing. I'm playing Freddie Peralta if he's going. Love it. Love it. Um, Okay, so Alec Alec Mills would be a different story. I would I would not play <laughs> Alec Mills with the wind blowing out. Right but I, it, at sixty six hundred against the Brewers team that'll strike out. I, I could
1: see an argument for Mills. Yeah, uh, I mean, would you one off some bats if it's hot, if it's a weather edge kind of game? You know, um, for the Brewers, I would definitely seven yeah. um, inning game. Like if it's if it's a short game, right? Then
2: not. Eh. But Yeah, it, it gets tough. I, I don't really like any of the spots for the Cubs. I wouldn't try to target Peralta in that spot. But I, uh, I haven't even looked at their pricing because I didn't – yeah, the Brewers are actually priced up a little bit, so maybe not. I, I'd probably just pass on bats altogether with only 7 innings.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we're on the same page. Right? Definitely keep an eye, folks. Keep that Twitter app open. Keep your RG notifications on. We'll see if Freddie Peralta gets the call. Houston, Colorado. 8 10 p.m. John Gray on the road. It'd be nice to get a full season of John Gray, not in a Rockies uniform somewhere. I just like want to see what the guy could do. Um, yeah. 9,100 overpriced brutal, <laughs> brutal matchup. Um, you know, odor on the other side. Yeah. You know, just isn't really moving the needles for me. I know Colorado's terrible strikes out a lot, but like, I, I just don't think I'm going to have much of either pitcher uh, in this game. You have any different thoughts? Uh, John Gray is definitely a
2: complete pass. Uh, n- there's no chance he strikes out more than like three or four Astros. They just don't strike out and he doesn't have a huge rate. I know he gets out of course, but yeah, not playing him against the Astros, especially at that price tag. Uh, Odoruzzi, I think has a fair price tag, might yep. be a fine SP2 for cash, but yep. not a ton of tournament upside. So I- I'm kind of with you. I-, I don't mind the price and I think he pitches well here, but I just don't know that the upside is there. Um yeah, that's, that's about it. Fine, fine play for cash. Probably won't target him in tournaments.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And um, I just don't think I, you know, in terms of cash, probably not playing bats in this game. I just, it's just a weird matchup, weird game. Um, yeah, 7, 700 over ZDK, That's fair. That's fair. You're going to need somebody in that range if you're going to pitch Scherzer or Manaya or Freddie Peralta or, you know, no. down to it. So um, I like that call as well. So, um,
2: yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much out on the bats too. Um, Houston is priced up and gray has been, been doing a decent job of getting the ball on the ground this year. Um, I I guess Houston's outfield is kind of where I would look to, for, to play somebody against gray. Kyle Tucker is fairly fairly priced as usual for 4k on DraftKings. Um, Brantley, was dinged up a little bit, but he's only 3,300 still. But obviously, you can play him. And then Jordan Alvarez is, is the other one.
1: But, yeah, not, not not a ton of interest in a full stack. Okay. And, and I'm out on Colorado. That's fair. Let's keep it moving then. Nestor Cortez and Daniel Lynch, talk to me. Talk to me. Yankees and Royals. Are we going to see some Daniel Lynch love come Tuesday afternoon? <laughs> I, Man, I know this lineup
2: for the Yankees is, is banged up. Rizzo, obviously, on the COVID IL. Uh, just Man, he, he was good his last time out against the White Sox. It's, it's another risky spot. I actually played a little bit of Lynch against the White Sox. So that worked out well. I don't know that I'm going back to it here. Um, fair price tag. If you want to do it, I get it. I don't think I need to do it on a full slate.
1: That's fair. Um, I'm probably not going Cortez at that price tag. Kennedy doesn't strike out a lot. You know, he's not going to go super deep into the game. Uh, another guy is probably overpriced for the slate. So, common theme here: a lot of guys are overpriced. Yeah, agree. If he if he was like seven k ish on Kings, I'd be interested. But eighty five hundred is the, no upside there for sure. Uh, my 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 just common room. With, common rule of thumb is I just sprinkle in whoever the Yankees whoever's pitching against the Yankees if I'm one fifty max and even just a little bit. You know, Kikuchi the other night, like it doesn't matter. Just. Yeah, there's a bunch of K-Ways in that lineup. Not as bad as it was a couple months ago, uh, but there's still a lot of strikeouts there. Lynch is 6,600. I'll I'll have some Lynch. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I'll have some Lynch if it burns me, it burns me. Um, another night on Monday, the Yankees aren't hitting again. Go figure. Um eventually they'll have to start hitting. We'll see. So um I, I guess like I do like Lynch more than I'm not trying to make this Daniel Lynch hour, but I do like him more than like Aiken and so, and like Mize and hot Camden, you know, gun to head, I guess, kind of thing. So I have mild interest in Lynch, but uh, well, I mean, you, you know, if you have any comments on him, go for it and then, you know, move on to the bats, if, uh, if any here, other than, you know, obviously, you know, Yankee one-offs are always in play. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I think Lynch... I, I think I would rather play Allard. I know Lynch probably has a little bit more strikeout upside, but we'll get to Allard in a, in a later game. He's got a better matchup. So I think that's probably the cheap guy I would link to if I was I was going. But I, I, I definitely see your argument. I, Lynch probably does have a little bit more upside.
1: I'm not arguing. It's just, yeah, I don't know, super cheap, you know. Um, God, I'm a Yankees fan too. I'm like the most unbiased fan ever. They just didn't <laughs> brutal, you know. Um, anyway, bats in this game, you know, will anything catch your eye right off the bat?
2: Yeah, I think the Yankees are going to get some ownership here. Um, Lynch before his last start was was pretty bad this year. So uh, I think if you're you're looking through his game log and trying to figure out what kind of a pitcher he is and you see some of those earlier starts, uh, and I think the Yankees will have a decent total here, even though they're going into Kansas City, a little bit of a, a ballpark downgrade. But yeah, a Judge is a great play. LeMahieu, Stanton, definitely um, love those three. And then I guess it depends on who else ends up in the line. Like, Torres is out for sure, right? He hit the IL. And then yeah. – um, so, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I really just like the top probably three or four. You can play Gallo in any lefty-lefty. That guy's got a, a monster power. So, uh, he'd be the other one. And if Higashioka
1: grabs the catcher spot, I love playing him against lefties too. So, I like him. Yeah. He's a bit here. Yeah, absolutely. Just a uh, br- brutal stretch for them. You know, all guys – all the guys getting COVID and, you know, Gleiber, I think they said 10 to 20 days, I think was the timetable, which was a pretty, a pretty precise, like 10 to 20 days. Right. But, <laughs> um, yeah. Just another one bites it dust for the Yankees. So uh, we'll see. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, not a huge sample size, but you know, Lynch has gotten hit by righties uh, this year, you know, 47% hard hit to righties um, 366 Woba. So yeah, I mean, God, he throws a lot of fastballs, Keith, uh, 42% fastballs to ready 75% of fat. Oh my God, 75% to lefties. He's straight fastball slider. So like, man, Joey Gallo, <laughs> if, you, if you're sitting on a fastball tomorrow night, I mean, you know, it's coming, right? That's, that's an interesting call right there. Joey Gallo. Wow. I like it. Yep. I think that, I think the Yankees are in a good spot. Yeah. So do I, you don't often see like 75% of one. Pe- I mean, you know, you see guys that throw 50 to, you know, God forbid, 60% fastballs, right. Looking at plate IQ, one of our great tools at Roto Granders. 75% is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah throw fastballs to lefties this year. So uh, interesting stuff there. Uh, anything else in this one?
2: No, n- not, not really a much interest in the Kansas city bats. So I think we can move on.
1: Okay. S- well, Sal got- Perez is a one-off. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you, um, White Sox hottest team in baseball over the last seventy-two hours. Eleven runs and counting as we speak on Tuesday night. Eloy Jimenez on an absolute heater. He might have the most swag in baseball, right? He just mashes the ball. He's like, I think I what did I say before the show? Nelson Cruz reincarnated or something? Like no undershirt, buttons open, gold <laughs> chains that weigh more than I do. Just mad. I love this guy, man. So. Okay. What are we looking at with the White Sox here? Let, let, let's have it. Yeah. I mean, the, I think they're probably
2: the chalk stack of the day, um, big slate. So it's all going to get spread out a little bit, but I think they come in as the highest zone against I, like Jax was decent in, in limiting the damage last time out, but he's not going to strike anybody out. So there's going to be a lot of balls in play here. I think the White Sox are, are one of the top stacks of the day for sure.
1: I apologize. You mentioned Griffin Jacks starting for Minnesota Dallas Keuchel. On the other side uh, for Chicago and uh, 8,700. Good Lord. No. Yeah. You mentioned him. I think we can move on now. (laughs) That's it. We just had to say his name.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Jax is super cheap, but like you said, the White Sox are just on fire. I'm I'm not going to target it. Just a a tough strikeout spot. He's not a big strikeout guy. So uh, I'll pass on both of these guys.
1: Yeah. Um, Honestly, like that, we talked before the show. White Sox are uh, world series caliber
2: potentially. Right. Yeah, I believe they are really like what they did at the deadline, added some pitching to the the bullpen, um, short up the hole at second base. So yeah, they're getting healthy. And I, I'm, I, I like them to come out of the AL. Man. Did you see Eloy's price
1: tag yet on DK? Uh, yeah, it's he's not up where he should be yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll carry ownership. So, but it's kind of like a fate at your own risk at this matchup kind of thing. If you're, if you're playing optimal, um, Definitely a cash play, probably. Uh, I'm thinking here just with recency bias and his price tag and the matchup and his ownership. Um, Eloy is probably one of my favorite plays on the slate. Um, One of my favorite quote-unquote right plays of the day, I guess. There you go. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, are you just thinking kind of shape your White Sox stacks whichever way? I mean, they're kind of all in play kind of thing?
2: Yeah, I think you can play any of them. Um, Anderson and Abreu are, are pricey you might have to choose between one of them if you want to jam a stud pitcher in there, but, um, I, Mankata fine. Hernandez. I think that's a very fair price at 42. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think you can stack any
1: stack them up anyway. On the flip side, um, you know, anytime Mitch Garver has a lefty, I, I have interest, um, you know, Keuchel sinker ball guy, but, um, you know, I'm always going to, play some Mitch Garver when he has a lefty. So I don't mind that. Um, you know, Keuchel's had, you know, he's not the guy he once was. He's not good. my favorite pick to get blown up on Tuesday, but like, he's going to give up a couple of runs. Like he just, just doesn't go out there and blank anybody anymore. So um, what do you think on his twin side of things? Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a
2: bit of a sneaky spot for them. Keuchel has not been the same limiter of hard, of hard contact that he has been throughout his career. Like he, He's given up some home runs this year, which is not typical of him. Usually he keeps the ball on, a, on the ground at a huge rate and just really doesn't give up any hard contact in the air. But he's given up a little bit this year. So uh, I love the Garver call. Um, I think Jeffers, if he if they play the 2 catcher lineup with one of them at DH or first base, I think Jeffers would be in play too uh so no for a home run uh great spot for him uh Rooker is another cheap
1: option as well so yeah i think i think the twins are in play a little bit here man i i sometimes don't know why i even play fanduel i i just like i'm looking i'm looking at the the pricing of the slate as a whole and just like i know i know the structure is different but like 4300 is the most expensive hitter on the slate and Look at these White Sox prices. Like Tim Anderson's thirty-five. He's, oh, he's uh, Eloy's thirty-four. I, I don't. I just like my brain's not working now. It's just not working. Mitch Garver twenty-eight hundred. I get it. Like the structure is a little different, but I I don't know. I, the White Sox might they might be the most popular. Uh, you know, a couple of those guys might be the most popular plays in terms of ownership over there on FanDuel. At those at those yeah, I can see that. Man, all right. Back to your regularly scheduled program here. Let's move on to uh, Arizona and uh, and San Fran. So uh, Alex Wood, you know, was really good for a really long time this season. Uh, kind of like slowly regressing. it hasn't been horrible, but he hasn't made it through six innings in almost a month. And the uh, last couple, you know, outings weren't weren't great. The caves have been down. Yeah. Um, just not great. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't love this game. Like I, I, like I'm not rushing to to target bats in this game, but I think it might be worth putting a little more time into seeing if there's any kind of one-offs or, you know, sneaky secondary stacks or something like that. So what, what are your thoughts on Alex Wood, you know, 9,800? Um, and then Zach Gallen, who, you know, coming into this year, you know, uh, had a lot of hype around him, you know, et cetera. It was a highly touted guy the last couple of years. Um, you know, not bad, you know, he's kind of, kind of slowly getting it together here. 7,100 is, uh, is fair. Again, not crazy about the matchup. You know, San Fran doesn't strike out a lot. But if you're looking for, for an SP2 in value uh, for tournaments, I, I don't hate Zach Allen.
2: I like it. Um, Alex Wood, first thought, overpriced. It just the <laughs> prototypical of what we were talking about when we first uh, started the pod. Like 9,800 for Alex Wood. I know Arizona is terrible. I, I don't want to pay almost 10K for Alex Wood and the recent form, like you mentioned, isn't good. I am completely out on wood today. Uh, I, I do have interest in gallon. I'm right there with you. I think that that price tag is more than fair. San Francisco is not an offense. I would generally want to target. Um, I mean, they, they've just been hitting the ball like crazy all year long, but uh, at 7,100 on this slate, I, I think just with some of the other pitchers being overpriced, I think Zach Gallon's is, is a little bit underpriced. So
1: uh, I'm going to take some tournament shots on him for sure. We're on the same page there, uh, definitely. That's like if you're saying Casey Mize, Zach Gallon, uh, Daniel Lynch per dollar um, in terms of matchup, ballpark. I guess I guess uh, just talent too. Uh, I'm going Zach Gallon to yep. spearhead that list. So. Uh, I'm right there with you. I, I prefer Gallon over those guys as well. All right. Cool. Um, bats, you know, uh, you know, we're talking about Alex Wood hasn't been great. I mean, any interest here, uh, either side, I guess we're just opening up to
2: Arizona continues to be super, super cheap. So if you want to try to jam in two stud pitchers, that would be the only real argument I can make for it. Uh, even though Wood hasn't been great. I, I have a difficult time seeing them put up like 10 runs or something in this spot. Um, so it's it'd be a price play, and I doubt they're going to be owned. So you probably get decent ownership on them if if you want to do it. I'm not going to try to talk you off of it. I think like using them as a secondary stack would make more sense than trying to like full stack them and hope they score ten on a full slate. Um, so yeah, like like Kettle Marte has has been great against lefties throughout his career. Uh, Carson Kelly could be in play, um, but yeah, just not not a great lineup. Should should have been better than. Like, last year they were fine, and then this year they just kind of fell off a cliff. Like, Peralta hasn't hit. Calhoun's been in and out of the lineup. So, yeah. T- tough spot. Um, probably won't have, have much unless I need, like, uh, a cheap three-man to to make my pitching work.
1: Yeah, that's right. I think there's other places to go. We talked about a lot of better matchups on the slate. Um, I think my favorite play per dollar might be Christian Walker at 2300 Obviously, first base is kind of a premium position, though, so it kind of sucks when you – you know, punch someone there but uh, I don't know he's kind of picking it up he he's uh, hitting seven of his last eight at least you know um little righty lefty match up there um but I agree with uh, a lot of your takes there too uh, man what else there's one more guy I can't remember oh maybe, maybe it'll come back to me but I just wanted to mention Christian Walker there not crazy about exposure on, on either side here though yeah, uh, San Francisco. I mean, Gallon has struggled with
2: control this year. Uh, that walk rate is up over nine percent. So, um, I don't mind San Francisco if you want to take some shots. I don't think they'll be owned because Gallon does have talent. I, I think I'll play more of the Gallon side of this, but I can definitely see the argument for for San Francisco. They've, I mean, with with Belt back, adding Brian at the trade deadline, like this, they've hit all year. But they're they're as good as they've been at all on paper right now i mean this is just a really talented san francisco lineup so yeah i'll I'll probably take some shots
1: on them too yeah zona uh off top of my head zona has one of the lowest team totals on the slate and their prices are kind of reflecting it uh seven and seven and a half game total san fran is a minus 220 favorite right now uh kind of makes sense um a couple other late night hammers here we're almost through this monster Uh, of a slate here and we're so used to seeing toronto playing at like seven o'clock and you kind of know if the chalk smashes early and your night's over if you're playing you know tilting late uh but the blue jays are out in cali and uh, they're on the road uh at the uh los angeles angels of anaheim and we got ross stripling ninety five hundred overpriced and jose suarez on the other side um yeah you doing anything with either of these guys uh no both are gonna be a complete
2: uh fade for me. Stripling, like you just said, overpriced. Uh don't love playing guys against LA and Suarez, no chance in playing him against Toronto. So I'm out on
1: both. Yeah. So what's you know, obviously Suarez, the lefty, you know, Toronto lineup full of righties who are awesome. So yeah. A, who do you like besides probably everybody? And B, like what do you think ownership wise? What are we gonna What are we gonna see so here?
2: If the White Sox are not the number one owned team on the slate, it will be Toronto. I think those are are probably the clear top two. Um, I, I absolutely love Toronto in the spot. Suarez isn't a scary matchup um, on the road. Locked in for ninth inning at bats. So um, good, good home run park in Angel Stadium as well. Awesome lineup all right-handed mostly right-handed um yeah great spot for Toronto probably.
1: now is that a double header game though Keith is that is that what is we're it? looking at right here because I'm seeing a seven and a half total and I just want to double oh, check got to be
2: double header then
1: yep yep well you know sometimes my app is messed up but um that that'll change some things here um so I, I think that's what it is I'm going to double check here um While we look at some of these Blue Jays pricing, I mean, Teoscar Hernandez, 3,900, you know, that seems low, Um, you know, even Gurchick at 3,400. So uh, you you can make some Blue Jays work. Now um, they are the road team. So if it is, if it is a short game, confirmed doubleheader. Okay. So it's a short game, confirmed doubleheader Toronto, LA, like Toronto's the road team. Do you still take a shot with any? I, I don't I don't typically do this, but large field stuff, it's the Blue Jays right against Swar. Like this is kind of like my like uh my vomit play, I guess Blender would say. Like I don't I don't yeah. hate this.
2: <laughs> I, I like it much better than the Brewers or Cubs trying to trying to find a home run there. Um yeah, I mean Toronto, I I really think I don't know that if I could if I could full stack them. I, I get that like they could put up Eight runs in the first two or three innings here. So don't get me wrong; I definitely see the argument for it. Um, I don't know. I guess if they're coming in sub five percent, it's definitely going to be a conversation, uh, and I can see the merit
1: to it because they could put up a big number in a hurry here. Absolutely. I, you know, I'm, I guess I wouldn't uh, warrant a full stack either, but I think you can still one off a batter, too, if you want. I mean, I, I like that 3900 price on T. Oscar. I know it's, uh, yeah, I love that one. I know it's a, yeah, I know it's a seven in a game, but you know, even, you know, even you know, in at 44. So, I mean, they're all under five. Any, any of these guys, you know, if they get four at bats, if they, you know, it's fine. Like if they get through a lineup, you know, one more time than they should, then I think it's fine. But
2: yeah, it, I mean, this is the cheapest we've seen the Toronto guys in, in a long time under Effings, I think. Uh, I mean Springer and Simeon being under 5k I can't remember the last time we saw that no
1: nah, you know it's a short game and I guess maybe they i don't know they that, factored that impossible yeah um, but i don't mind it I mean people see that people will see that double header game and be like oh no way, but I think large large field stuff like definitely yeah. don't do it in cash um, you know don't do it in single entry hundred man fields like but you know you want to take down the bat flip all right uh, you know <laughs> throw in some Toronto guys'm i with it so. Um, I guess, you know, on the same token, you're you, like, you know, home team, LA, do you play Otani? Like, do you play anybody on that side? Uh, Otani would be the only one in consideration for me. Okay. That's fair. Just
2: two home runs and two at bats. It doesn't matter if he only gets three at bats,
1: right? Absolutely. <laughs> the, guy, the guy is unreal. I mean, we've never seen anybody. We, he could do it. Um, and when are you going to get lower ownership on him? Probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is probably it um two more games man making good time here san diego and miami they're also playing as we're recording and we have um let's see here trevor rogers coming back yeah that's what i have listed up so that's interesting 8900 um hasn't been very good (laughs) hasn't been very good the last month so what you got any explanation behind that
2: Well, they've limited his pitch count, too, which is the the big issue here. 8,900 against San Diego, another guy that's overpriced, in my opinion. Um, He has thrown about 80 pitches his last three times out. Uh, Miami, I know I I read something a couple weeks back that they were really going to watch his innings down the stretch here. I mean, out of playoff contention, this guy is a rookie with a ton of promise. They're not going to push him too hard, so... I think you're only getting 80 pitches out of here against one of the best offenses in baseball. 8,900 is too much for that. So I'm out
1: on Rodgers for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. And it looks like we're going to get a bullpen game out of San Diego, which normally would be fun, but they're playing Miami. And if you listen to yesterday's morning ground with me and Blender, we were just like ripping Lewis Brinson, batting, you <laughs> up and like, oh, well, Jorge Alfaro's your three hitter. Like you just – you're not gaining any leverage on playing them. So I really just probably wouldn't play the Marlins. Like Monday on a four game, you want to play some Marlins against 50% Musgrove, like a different story. But, you know, on this huge slate where no one, you know, Rodgers won't be owned much. So like, I don't know. Do we need to talk about the Marlins? <laughs> no, I don't think so.
2: Especially since even it's a bullpen game. So there looks like they're going with an opener. And then uh, Nair is projected to be the long reliever right now he probably only goes a couple innings and then the rest of San Diego bullpen is like among the best in the majors. So, I mean, we're, we're just dealing with a talented group of pitchers uh, and they can use matchups and things like that. It's not a spot I'm going to target Miami at all.
1: Yeah. They got a good bullpen and uh, Matt Strom came back too. So just another yep. quality guy that they have that, that returned. So I'm um, really not you know interested in this game as a whole, I guess, um, which leaves us with a 10, 10 game, last one in the slate. And Maybe the poster boy of overpriced pitching, Logan Gilbert, 9,600. What the hell? 9,600? <laughs> Man, what is up with that? And uh, you got Allard on the other side, 6,400. Probably more interest in going there. Am I correct?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, when I first – before – when I was just looking at matchups and before I opened up pricing, I thought Gilbert was going to be super popular, on this late because I expected him to be like 7,500 or somewhere around there where he's been priced all year long, basically. Uh, but, yeah, 9,600 is definitely a, a huge ask. Um, obviously, a great matchup against Texas. If he's going to be, like, 2 or 3% owned because of the price tag, I can see the argument. Um, Texas, just a terrible lineup that, that strikes out quite a bit. So, it, it, it's risky, and it, he's going to have to come out and, and just start striking out a ton of guys to pay off the price tag. But I, I can see if you blink or squint, you can see the argument for it. Um, Allard on the other side, I think the 6,400 price tag is, is very fair for the matchup against Seattle. Another big strikeout team. Allard is obviously not a big strikeout guy, but that's why you're getting the cheap price tag on him. You don't need 30 points out of him at 6,400. If he can go out there and give you five or six strong innings with a strikeout in an inning, uh, and get you up around 20 DraftKings points. I think the, that's enough if you get some failure up in the top range with some of these overpriced pitchers that we've talked about. He can be in the conversation as a point-per-dollar play. Uh,
1: no, I totally agree. I think I'm going to have some of both sides, um, you know, depending on what I play. If I, if I am playing, like, 100 lineups or something, I, and if Allard becomes the chalk-cheap guy, who I do like, But I'll also look for leverage with Seattle bats. I think if he, you know, if he comes in twenty percent, something like that, like I'll look for a little bit of leverage um, on the Seattle side. And you know, he's given up a home run in what the last five games, at least. um, He had four in the one game, and then you know, had some rough outings. So I think I, I don't know. I can't like I can't decide which way it's going to go. Either he's going to pitch well and probably I wouldn't say break the slate, but become become the SP two or. Like he might give up a couple homers and I want some, you know, some guys in that Seattle team. Um, man, like Abraham Toro is priced up. Didn't want to see that. I was looking forward to, to him being a value guy. Like he comes over from Houston and, and turns into Alex Bregman. I'm just kidding. But he's been playing, he's been <laughs> he playing really, really well. well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know. I might look for leverage with Seattle if, if Allard, you know, is owned. What, what are your thoughts there? Uh, yeah, I love the call. And especially if Allard grabs ownership
2: because, uh, I mean – while he's like I think it's a fair price and I think point per dollar he's gonna make sense. It's not like we're talking about a super talented pitcher here. But I mean he's only gonna strike out about twenty one percent. so yeah, I mean they Seattle should be able to put the ball in play here and they're they're all fairly priced up. I, I mean, Toro is priced up, but for what he's been doing recently, I think the price is fair. I think he's been underpriced for a week or so. I've played a lot of him here recently. Uh, and Seager at forty five hundred, totally fair. Haniger is, is one of my favorite plays on the slate. Just super talented dude. 4,900 should keep the ownership down on him. Um, and as, especially if Allard's get, getting ownership, nobody's going to want to play Seattle. So I love the, the call. Um, Ty France at 39. I, I just, they're all fairly priced. It makes a ton of sense as a leverage play. Um, great call. Uh, I don't hate the lefty-lefty clinic call. Uh, what do you think? 2,500? Yeah. I mean, at that price, even if you, even if he, doesn't get it done against Allard, you should get a couple of uh, bats off the bullpen at that price. He only needs one at bat really to do it. So I can get yeah. on board with that.
1: Yeah. I think if you're multi-entering, I think both sides of the uh, Allard and, and the Seattle bats uh, make sense for tournaments. If you're playing one lineup, uh, I don't know. It's a huge slate. It's a tough to play one. It's tough to play single yeah. on a single entry on a 14, 15 game or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, you got to take both sides into consideration here. Um I guess just recap, you know, run, run this thing through, run this thing through real quick on, on the pitching side. You know, if someone's tuning in later skimming through here um, up top, you have Scherzer Nola, um, you know, we both obviously, you know, Scherzer's obviously in play, keep an eye on Freddie Peralta. We'll have to see, you know, who the Brewers are going to pitch and, and what's going to happen um, since the Cubs Brewers game was rained out on Monday. Uh, Sean Manaya, I think we both agree is, is very interesting for GPPs. Um, Aaron Nola, you don't know what you're getting. Um, you know, other than that, like, I guess value guys, let's just quick, quick recap that through Zach Allen. Um, we both kind of like Zach Allen, um, you know, Allard, we just talked about anybody else, you know, value wise, just want to reiterate real quick.
2: Um, if, if the weather's going to be hot in Baltimore, I don't have as much interest in Casey Mize, but as a lower own pivot off of gallon, I think, or, um, depending on who grabs the ownership there, I think he could be in play. Um, Daniel Lynch, we kind of toss around a little bit. Very risky spot, but I think there's some upside there with Lynch too.
1: Okay. So I was brought into the morning grind game with Blender on Monday. So I'm going to wing this thing and then put you on the spot and do the best I can here. Right. Okay. Um, so, all right. 8,500 pitcher or less who's going to have over, we'll say five and a half strikeouts. Who, who do you got? 8,500 or less. Um, Am I doing this right? I'm- I need yeah. some feedback. <laughs> All right. Yep.
2: No, you got it. Um, I, I think I'm stealing your guy here since we both talked about him. Uh, it's Zach Gallon is, is the play down there for me.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. You, man, you're not being very nice in my first time kind of throwing <laughs> this thing around. Um, yeah. I like the Zach Gallen call. I'm going to go Daniel Lynch, the Yankees stink again. He finishes with six Ks. Um, let's see. Am I doing this right again? Do I have to go? I, I probably missed a whole tier, right? Okay uh stud pitcher over 8k's. Fail, you yeah. Stud pitcher.
2: <laughs> well, it's usually a stud pitcher that fails.
1: Oh, okay, Probably. stud pitcher that fails. Um yeah. all right, I'm going first. since he threw it over to me. It. I'll give you stuff. <laughs> man, that's tough. I guess I'm going to go Sunny Gray fails against Atlanta. I like it. I'm I'm going to go the other John Gray I think is is going to have a rough day against Houston. Rough day for the Grays, man. Yeah. <laughs> not, not a good look for the Grays. All right, am I missing anything on the on the pitching side of this game? Um that's it now it's hitters
2: um what it, uh the home run calls we kind of already gave
1: out mine was castellanos okay yeah i gave pete alonzo and man there are just so many guys in good spots in this slate but i'm gonna stick with pete alonzo for my home run call i like a you know, good, good price on him today too um yeah, sure. and then it's uh hitter under 4k to get two hits Ooh, hitter under 4k to get two hits um I'll let you go first. I'll give you the general I'll give you the, the honors uh, here, MP. <laughs> this this feels like ages ago. We talked a lot about St. Louis in the
2: first game of the night, and Harrison Bader at 2,700 has been hitting the ball really well.
1: Uh I, I like him against the lefty. I'll take Harrison Bader in the spot. Man, yeah. So you went way under 4K there. So that's um that's that's a good call there. Um man, I'm looking for let's see here. Is Whit Merrifield still under 4K? He is. He's 3800. I think he has two hits off Cortez um, in Kansas City. Yeah. Okay. And all right. I think there's was there one more or no? Uh, Stack to score six or more runs is the the last one. Oh man, let's make this interesting. Let's make this interesting. You can't say Chicago. So all right, all right. So hmm. all right, you go first. I'm I'm putting you on the spot here.
0: No. I I,
2: I got you. I just talked about it. Say, I like, I like St. Louis. I know it's a tough ballpark, but I I don't have any faith that Steven Brault is going to come out there and and mow down St. Louis. They've been rough this year as an offense, but I like the way they set up as a lefty with, they're probably going to send seven or eight righties up there. Um, I think St. Louis can score some runs today.
1: Yeah. And I'm kind of like going to circle back and, and steal your thunder. I like Oakland like McKenzie not only gives up fly balls, but he puts guys on the bases. So I think he's going to get in trouble. And I think one or two swings of the bat could uh, make this thing pretty ugly. So like the A's quite a bit. Uh, Love it. Yeah, man. That was a monster of a slate. Hopefully, you know, hopefully you guys got a few nuggets out of this one as the chief would say on our NBA morning grind, but um, any other thoughts, man, and we covered a lot of ground, anything we didn't, you know, pick up on, you want to get out there.
2: Um, no, I, I think we covered it. Obviously we still got a couple of things hanging out there, uh, with the Freddie Peralta situation, depending on where he pitches. I think that makes this, the decision at the top end of pitching very interesting. If he ends up as the pitcher in game two of that doubleheader,
1: I know you're not big on the twitter.com, but so like, if people want to find you and I know you do a t- ton of great content for RG, what's your schedule look like and where can they usually catch you?
2: Um, I am doing something pretty much every day, whether it's an expert survey or tag, tags and lineup HQ. Um, I do the consensus value rankings as well. Uh, you touch me on a, a morning grind every, every once in a while, a couple times a month. So yeah, I'm, I'm out there for sure, but good, good
1: filling in with you um, for Stevie. Hope Stevie's enjoying his vacation. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome working with you. And uh, if you guys had any questions, you know, DM us anytime, hit us up, you know, put something in the chat, on the comments, give us some feedback. Hopefully we win some money here. So for Keith Eister, I'm Justin Carlos. You have a great day and good luck, everybody.